Okay, how many people watched the first service? Okay, awesome. That's good, this is really good. <laughs> Hardly anybody raised their, their hand, that's awesome. Uh, I, I, I was thinking about knowing what was about to transition today and, and, and knowing that we are gonna be you know, stepping aside for a little while. Had been thinking about, uh, actually the Lord breathed on something a few weeks ago and I thought, oh, snap. Uh, because uh, he, he breathed on some things concerning the upcoming election. So <clears throat> I, um, so there's a couple of things I wanna try to set this up. Let me, let, me, let me get my legs underneath me here. So you need to give me a lot of grace because uh, where I'm coming from as a pastor is less political than what you could take it as. I'm actually coming from a place of uh, where I am in standing before God always. So I, um, let me just reference this verse, Hebrews 4.13. Um, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And so when I read that, I take that very serious. Um, Actually, it's probably, if you read that every day, probably the fear of the Lord would begin to visit your house. Um, And so the fear of the Lord is beginning to, or not beginning, is, is visiting our house. And so I'm reading this and so I'm like, oh, wow. And so the things that I want to, what I want to talk about is, is the, uh, as your pastor and as one who is going to give an account to him as to what I say, I am obligated by God to tell you truth, to explain truth to you. And, uh, it's interesting about the, the whole subject of truth, um, there's this verse in John 17, 17, where Jesus is, it's, it's, the, it's the high priestly prayer. He's about to be killed, uh, be crucified and, and, and all of that. And, uh, and the thing that he is praying for his disciples, the one thing he is saying to God, would you please sanctify them in the truth? Your word is truth. And I was thinking, wow, of, of all the things that Jesus would have prayed for, why would he have picked truth? Why wouldn't he have picked sanctify them in your love, you know, sanctify them in your power, uh, sanctify them in, you know, what, what, but he's saying sanctify them in the truth. And so that tells me that Jesus knows something about the, the, this world and the deceptions and the attacks and everything and he is saying the one thing that my disciples need more than anything, if they're going to be set apart in something, set, up the, set them apart in the truth. It's like, whoa. And so there, Jesus, in, in, uh, in the next chapter, in chapter 18, I don't have the, the slide up there, but Jesus is brought before Pilate and they're having this interaction. So Jesus is not saying anything about who he is and Pilate's kind of pressing him. And uh, uh, eventually, Pilate kind of gets it out of him. And he says in verse 37, Pilate says, so you are king? 
And Jesus responded, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. It's like, oh, wow. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is truth. So the very fact that he would say, actually, I was brought into this world. If we were asked this question, which I've done this with the school of ministry students, why was Jesus born? Why was he brought into the world? Why was he, you know, people say, well, to redeem us, to save us, to heal us. And those are all good. And yet Jesus says, the reason I was brought into the world was to testify to the truth. It's like, wow, that's, that's pretty specific. And so this whole thing about truth. And so as I uh, am, am beginning to talk about, because I, I, want, I want us to be a people that, let me just back up. The thing that, that is concerning me uh, about the upcoming uh, election is all the confusion. There's a lot of confusion. And it's really hard to, to try to pick you know, the, the candidate because one says something like this and another one does this and another one, you're like, what in the world? I don't want to be dishonoring to anybody. So that's why I'm not embellishing and being funny. Uh, but uh, I really want to honor uh, both, both of these uh, people. And yet we as a believer, we, we are brought here on this, on this earth to, we represent a different kingdom. And so there's a, that, that's why, you know, you, you, in the kingdom that we represent, in order to, to get more, you give more. Like it's, it's, it's almost a, it's an upside down, backwards, inside out type of mentality of what, what we're, we're thinking about. And so, uh, so, you know, if you want to uh, be promoted or if you want to be exalted, you actually humble yourself. And so it's, it's completely different mindset. It's completely, in other words, uh, you, you, you don't promote yourself. You wait for, for him to promote you. And so it's just a, it's just, it's just a backwards way of doing things. And, uh, you know, you're actually, Jesus taught us, no, you, you don't actually hate your enemies. You actually love your enemies. Actually, you pray for your enemies. I heard of a, of a group uh, back in the day that when they fasted, they actually fasted for their enemies. It's like, wow, that's, that's pretty radical. So, so with all of that and trying to discern, the, trying to look at, I don't know which way to, you know, th- this, this candidate looks like this is a, th- these are all pluses here and I'm all for that. And this candidate's all for this and I'm, I'm yeah, all for this and there's pluses in that. It's like, how do you decide? And so the thing that I want to remind us of is that really what you're, what you're looking at, what we're looking at with, 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 the, with the faces is we're looking at the, the platform that they're standing on. And the platform that they're standing on, the platform is actually uh, made up of, um, of uh, principles, objectives, Policies, and, and this is what the platform stands for. Uh, the, uh, the the thing that that is one of one of one of the the, the issues that's that that that's contributing to the uprising and to the confusion and to the to the to the um, almost the, the the insurrection. Like America right now is really divided, and I'm just like, Lord, what is you know. Help us. One of the the issues is particularly around the injustice 
and, and rightly so. We've got, there, there's social injustice that, that, that people are, are crying out for justice. And so there's, uh, there, there, there's violence, uh, if you would. There's violence against the innocent. There's violence against uh, the race. There's violence against women. There's violence against, you know, they're, they're, they're young, young children are, are being trafficked. Both men, both boys and girls, and uh, and there's this there's this uh, uh, this this cry for justice. Who is going to take our cause? Who is going to stand up? And so, um, so the thing that I want to that I want to say is that uh, as you as we are trying to discern, the thing that we want to look at is what what are they what, what are they standing on? And so, um, so let me just say this too. Uh, so I want to read this because uh, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying or what you perceive I am not saying just because I fail to mention something that is important to you. And you interpret my failure as being silent. Uh, and it's not actually not be, me being silent. It's just that I probably overlooked it. I, I, can't, I, I can't exhaust everything. So I'm, I'm going to choose a couple of things that I feel like that the Lord is highlighting to me this morning to talk about. So as, <clears throat> as your pastor, so the two things that I felt like that were important that we try to take a look at and figure out, okay, there's, there's our economy, there's our, uh, uh, the things that we care about, and there's, and there's also, as, as believers, the things that God cares about. And so, you know, um, uh, what's the verse in uh, James where it talks about this is the pure and undefiled religion to minister to widows and, o- and orphans in their distress and to also be unstained by the world. So there's two. It's easy for us to land on the, 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 the part about the widows and the orphans, and yet we don't focus on remaining unstained by the world. And yet James is saying, no, the, the, the two actually go together. And so, um, <clears throat> so this is what I'm going to talk about today. So it's a really quick message. Um, the first one I want to talk about is the shedding of innocent blood. So stay with me here. Ezekiel 35, 6 says this. Therefore, as I live, declares the Lord God, I will give you over to bloodshed and bloodshed will pursue you. Since you have not hated bloodshed, therefore bloodshed will pursue you. The reason I bring this up is God is saying here, I hate the bloodshed of innocent people, hates it. And so uh, with that, I want to read something uh, to you from Abraham Lincoln's second inaugural address. And so Abraham Lincoln, his second inaugural address was right in the middle of the Civil War. And uh, and, uh, he, I'm gonna read excerpts from it. So, um, and, and basically, well, just here we go. Let's just read this. On the occasion corresponding to this four years ago, so he's talking about four years ago when I made my first inaugural address, all thoughts were anxiously directed at an impending civil war. All dreaded it, all sought to avert it. Both parties deprecated war, but one of them would make war rather than let the nation survive. And the other would accept war rather than let it perish. And the war came. 
Neither party expected for the war the magnitude or the duration which it has already attained. Neither anticipated that the cause of the conflict might cease with or even before the conflict itself should cease. Each looked for an easier triumph and a result less fundamental and astounding. Both party, North and South, read the same Bible and pray to the same God, and each invokes his aid against the other. So basically what he's saying, both parties are saying, that, are saying that they are believers and they're praying against the other one. It may seem strange that any, that any men should dare to ask a, a just God's assistance in wringing their bread from the sweat of other men's faces, but let us judge not that we not be judged. The prayers of both could not be answered. That of neither has been fully answered. Then he goes on, fondly do we hope, fervently do we pray that this mighty scourge of war may speedily pass away. Yet if God wills that it continue until every drop of blood drawn with the lash shall be paid by another drawn with the sword, so still it must be said the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. So basically what Abraham Lincoln was saying was God hates the shedding of innocent blood and the innocent blood that he's referring to is the innocent blood of the slaves that were killed. So the correlation that, that Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln is making is like, oh wow, if, if, if war will not be averted uh, until every ounce of of innocent blood that was shed to these people. So he's a just God is what he's saying. My point in bringing this up is that there continues to be innocent blood shed here in this land. There is blood shed in our schools. There are, there's blood shed in our streets. There's blood shed of innocent um, African-American men who are being killed in our streets. There is innocent blood being shed. I, I don't... I think you get the point. And with all of the innocent blood that's, that's being shed, there's also an innocent blood that's being shed with the unborn. And, um, and so as we are trying to, as we're discerning, Lord, what, you know, where do we go on this? Um, let, let me let's, let's read something in the in scripture, Luke one thirty nine. This is a story of Mary, Jesus's mother, and uh, Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother. It's in Luke one thirty nine. Says a few days later, Mary hurried to the kill, the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was, was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You were blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. And so one of the, one of, one of the um, arguments or one of, one of the questions is, is, is at what point uh, is a person a person? At what point is, a, is an unborn baby a person? And, and the other question is what, what rights do they have? Um, and so th- these, are, these are some of the things that are being questioned. But as far as the answer to the question of at what point is an unborn person, is, a, is the unborn a person, right here, what we see here is that historically, the first person to recognize Jesus as the savior of the world was an unborn baby. Yeah. So, where discernment comes in is that you, you, we have to compare, you want to compare apples to apples. And so, you're trying to see, so both platforms, you know, denounce, or, uh, denounce um, innocent bloodshed. And so, the thing that we have to kind of look at as well is... is um, it's just which ones are upholding uh, what they're saying. And so, anyway. In uh, Proverbs 24, 11, it says, rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die. Save them as they stagger to their death. Don't excuse yourself by saying, look, we didn't know. For God understands all hearts and he sees you. He who guards your soul knows you knew. He will repay all people as their actions deserve. And so the, the, the other part of this, um, God who sees everything, everything is laid, um, is laid open before him, you will give an account to him. This is one of the things where, where we, we, we have to take into account what are, what are our actions? What are, what are our actions saying? And so uh, I'll just leave that with you. You can, you can decipher that uh, yourself. So... Second point that I would like to make, and there's only two points, is as we are deciding who to elect is, and again, it's from a biblical standpoint, is on the topic of marriage. And so the question is, is what is the biblical definition of marriage? In Matthew 19, um, someone asked Jesus about divorce, and he says to them, haven't you read the scriptures, Jesus replied, They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. And so this, this, uh, that phrase, let no one split apart what God has joined together. There, uh, there's, there's, you know, Let me just say this. The definition of a marriage defined in the Bible is between a man and a woman. Not anything else. Let no one split apart what God has joined together. Let no one say anything different than what God has said about marriage. Let no one split apart what God has joined together. And so the, the, 
the message this morning is it's just really simple. This is the two areas that I feel like the Lord has laid it on my heart to talk to you about. I'm talking to you as a dad, as a father, and, um, <clears throat> uh, and as a pastor. And so the thing I want to leave with you is, is it's, it's not just about the person, it's about the platform. And so the, the action, so let me just tell you something. So we, as believers, you have a responsibility to find out to do your homework, to find out what's, uh, you know, what, how, you know, how we're, how we're going to, how we're going to vote. And so, um, so anyway, I just, I, I think though the, the first verse that I opened up with about that one where God, the, the one we're going to have a given account to, like for whatever reason, and I don't know if it's because of this season that I'm in right now, but that, that verse is so Clear, clear to me, so close to me, and uh, uh, that it, there's just there's a, there's a fear of the Lord thing that's that's on this, and so um, and so let me just say this: so Lord, I just ask that any place where the enemy would come in and try to twist words or or try to boomerang around uh, people's hearts or actually hit people's hearts with um, with with things that again. Uh, well, you didn't mention this, Jeff, and you didn't mention this, and you didn't mention this, and and uh, Lord, I, I ask, Lord, that uh, for the two that that I did mention, Lord, I ask, Lord, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us, speak to me, speak to us, Lord, as to how we are, how we move forward, how we uh, how we walk in this world, how we how we walk, uh, yeah, in this world, in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, I want, to, I, want, I want to do this. I want to end with this verse. And the verse has really nothing to do with the message. But this is the verse that has just perplexed too strong of a word. Uh, but I'm still wrestling with the, the amount of, of effort, it seemed like, that God went to to get my attention on April the 9th of this year, which was the Hebrew uh, day of, uh, of pa- the Passover, at 4.58, the doorbell rings. I jump out of bed, like you've heard me say this before, because I thought that my neighbor who, who has heart uh, issue was having a heart issue. And so I rushed to the door only to find no one's there, uh, close the door, going, I, there's no way I could imagine that because the doorbell was so loud. It, it was like, like I said, in a mansion. It wasn't our doorbell. Our doorbell's like, bing, bing, bing. This doorbell, <laughs> this doorbell was like, bong, bong. And I, you know, shot up out of bed. So once I figured out what time it was and it's corresponded with the verses, I was like, oh, so here is the verse. And the verse is not an instruction. There, there's nothing that it's telling me to do. If, if anything, it's like there is a radio broadcast coming from heaven that is playing right now, and I'm just now tapping into what is being said from heaven. And so it says, drip down, O heavens, from above, and let the clouds pour down righteousness. Let the earth open up and salvation bear fruit, and righteousness spring up with it. I, the Lord, have created it. So the only thing that I know to do, really, is to pray or say the same thing that he is saying. And so if you would, let's all, if you would, let's stand up and together we will make a declaration 
a proclamation, and we are going to put our voice with his voice and say the same thing that he's saying, okay? So, let's go. Drip down, O heavens, from above, and let the clouds pour down righteousness. Let the earth open up and salvation bear fruit, and righteousness spring up with it. I, the Lord, have created it. One more time. Drip down, O heavens, from above, and let the clouds pour down righteousness. Let the earth open up and salvation bear fruit and righteousness spring up with it. I, the Lord, have created it. Amen. Stay standing. Uh, Shannon's going to come up here and close us out.